You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Matter of Theology. My name is Chris. I'm joined today by my brother, Drew. Uh, Unlike Andrew Andrew Rappaport, I know how to say Drew's last name. It is Von Nita. There we go. You know, Uh, this is just, this is exactly why I went by, (laughs) I I used A.G. Martin. Exactly why. Uh, Because my last name is just too hard to say. Um, which is interesting because A.G. Martin, it is my name. It's just the last name taken off. Uh, so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about just going back to that. Thinking about just going back to that. I, I don't think you should, but that's it's just, so much. It's so much easier. We'll leave I, it. We'll, we'll leave it up to the audience. All right. Everybody sends you a message and let him know whether or not you want him to stay Drew Vanita or yet again, uh, claim the moniker, aka name of AG Martin. <laughs> but it's really, it's still my name, though, which is really no. weird. <laughs> it's still but everybody is. knows you as Drew now, though, man. If you yeah, do that, I it's mean, gonna, it's gonna throw the people's off, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's a great, it's a great publishing name too. It's true. It's true. It's a great publishing <laughs> name. You know, you you do know that most actors in Hollywood, their name isn't even their real name. Really. Yeah. So, yes, I didn't know that. I didn't so, know that. I so, know. so you know, uh, Batman, right? Michael Keaton, who played Batman. Uh, yeah. Michael Keaton's last name is not Keaton. It's actually Michael Douglas. But there was there's already a, a famous Michael Douglas in Hollywood. So he so he changed it to Keaton. Uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha, you, mm-hmm. bro. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, fun segue there. But uh, hey, we are a part of <laughs> the Christian podcast community, and you guys know that. Hopefully, if you've listened to us for a little while, um, a great Christian podcast. You can check it out. Just search Christian podcast community on the socials. You will find it. Um, and that, of course, is a part of Striving for Eternity Ministries. Our brother Andrew Rappaport, who is our most frequented frequented guest, right. uh, so he's the one that's been on our show the most. So, um, but uh, we are also a part of Cruciform Ministries, and um, we've got the uh, 2021 Cruciform Conference coming up. June 4th and 5th of 2021 in Indianapolis, Indiana. The theme of the conference is still standing, subtitled, Why We Must Continue to Stand on the Word of God. Uh, so we are very, very excited about that. Um, of course, the, the, the speaking lineup is uh, continuing to grow, which is, uh, which is great. Um, you've got Drew and myself will be there, but you also have Justin Peters, Jeffrey Johnson, Brett Baggett, Andrew Rappaport, Brandon Scalf, Kofi, um, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to try though. Adu Bowen uh, will be there. Cameron Gray, Darren Stid, um, Jonathan Hayashi, Joel Settlecase, Jared Ebert, Jeremy Collins, Michelle Leslie, and more to be announced soon. Um, so don't sleep on that. Registration is open uh, currently, and it is $70. That's it. $70. And if you're a ministry leader, you get $10 off. So there you go. And, and I think there's a discount for women too. 
Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. There is a discount uh, for the ladies. Uh, if you and two- if you have not uh, checked out uh, Michelle Leslie, uh, oh. we really want a lot of ladies yes. to come yes. and, and attend Michelle Leslie's. Oh, my gosh. Um, the, the things that she does uh, because she is fascinating. And she has from the first uh conference chris and i went to last year she became a friend of ours and yeah. um <clears throat> it's just really great she's yeah, so awesome if you, if you use the, the coupon code cruciform women all one word you get 30 percent off the ticket right. order which is awesome so is awesome um that that is that is great so so make sure you head over to uh uh, cruciformministries.org and um and and register for that um so, uh, so brother, we're here well, again. Wait, he, he, wait. I have Go ahead. a, uh, a review. So I'm oh, really? Review. Yeah. Oh, but okay, this is cool. from, this is from February 3rd. Okay. <clears throat> this is from the handle Cardinal one. Okay. Uh, the title is biblical truth. And this is, uh, really, we don't even deserve to be, uh, considered in this lineup. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. But it says like Daryl and Virgil or Chris and Richard, that's Chris Honholtz and Richard's story from, from Voice of Reason. Drew and Christopher make a great team. I really hate that Drew is going to be taking some time off because the chemistry between them is great, which Andrew Rappaport was like, you know, Drew, you say you're taking time off, but yet you're still here. It's and true. I go, you know what? I'm just going to have to one day just let Chris go, let go of the reins. Let him go <laughs> but the, the review, the review continues. It says, but the most important thing is that they back up the subjects with the Holy scriptures. Amen. Mm. That's our goal. That yeah. is absolutely our goal. You yeah. can't argue with God's word. It is sufficient, reliable, and relevant. Amen. Five-star review. Thank you for that. Cardinal one. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for whoever Cardinal one, uh, whoever you are. Thank you very much for that. Um, that, uh, that, that means a lot to us. Yes. And we are, uh, we were put in a category with some, with some incredibly faithful brothers. Uh, of course, Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker of the just thinking podcast, my boys, they just dropped by the way, this week, um, a masterpiece of an episode. I, I, I texted Daryl today and I said, brother, this is what was, it was a Moab mother of all podcasts. And uh, well, yeah, like, three and a half hours. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's what he said as well. He's like, well, I don't think we'll do one that long again. That thing said, was, was longer was than about. most movies. Uh, it like, was, it was longer than Endgame. Um, God, so, but, really? but, but let me, let me just say this as um, it doesn't, it really doesn't feel that long. Uh, when you're listening to it, if you're really if you're really focused in, uh, the reason I said it was the mother of all podcasts uh, is because it takes the topic and the false religion uh, that is critical race theory and it nukes it. I mean, absolutely decimate it. They, they present the problem that they present it from the proponent's view, and then provide the solution. And of course, that solution is the word of God. Uh, so go 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 check out that episode, episode one hundred eight, critical race theory. Yeah, this was the, this is what got me. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So you get through the first twenty minutes. The first twenty minutes is really just announcements and kind of what's going on and the things that are yeah that 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 are happening. So so the fir- that that's the first twenty minutes of the show. Then the first couple of seconds 
of the show. Like Ooh. actually a first couple of seconds into the content. Ooh. Virgil says this. He said he, he says it's culturally accepted racism spelled CRT. I was like, bro, you actually you just started the actual show. Like, and you're yep. dropping bombs like that. What yep. in the world? Yeah, it's it, it, it is a it is a fantastic episode. Go check it out as you should their entire library. Um, it's um, there's there's nothing that these guys don't do and do it well. Uh, they are concerned with the content and honoring the Lord through the content. And tell, uh, you know, go, go to Twitter, leave a tweet, tell them yeah. you heard about them from us and they might like your like your tweet. There, there you go. There you go. I mean, I would say something like, and you might get a, they might send you a t-shirt or something, but they probably won't do that. So just, <laughs> they, you might get a like back. That's all I'm going to say. You will get a, you'll get a like and a comment. Uh, Daryl tries to, they, they try to interact as much as they can. Um, they do have jobs as well. So, um, but Hey, on today's episode of matter of theology, um, we are tackling the subject of fear and this past year, um, man, it's been a trying one in so many ways for so many people. Uh, you've got stories in the media as well as stories that have been shared amongst friends uh, that have been filled with heartache and death and frustration and confusion um, and fear, fear of the unknown, fear of dying, fear of a virus, fear of losing all we have um, because literally society in the world uh, for, for a short period of time was shutting down, um, you know, and, and, and fear has been a theme that has been perpetuated by so many over the past year from, from the government to the news media and beyond. And so many people have capitalized on the unknown um, in order to expand tyranny um, and or monetize themselves, their companies, their, their news organizations. Um, on the, they're trying to monetize the fear that others have of these things for and 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 for for clicks and for likes and for ratings and for votes that, that that's what we've seen over the last year so um you know drew and i uh j just through the the process of talking through and content and and stuff i just you know i had a conversation with some people very close to me recently and um you know and and, and it just i mean people that are are that love the Lord. They really do. They love the Lord. The Lord is, um, is, is moving in and through their lives, but, but there was just fear, um, riddled throughout and, 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 and this conversation and, and fear, uh, was the framework. And I'll get into more of that in a second. So, so I, I was texting or messaging with Drew on Marco Polo and I'm like, brother, here's what we're going to do next. We're, 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 let's talk about fear. Um, because ultimately what's happened is, uh, especially for professing Christians, um, there have been so many who have, who have elevated themselves. They've elevated um, a fear of what happens to them uh, and or a fear of man and a fear of what others view, uh, how, how others view them. And what they've done is they've taken that, they've taken that and they've placed that um, on the throne of their own heart. And so what, what has ended up happening is where God should be and a fear of God 
has been replaced, sinfully replaced, with a fear of man or a fear of consequence. So, so you know, something very, very important and key that we have to remember is fear is a framework. And if your number one fear is not the fear of God, the framework which you view his word, life circumstances, and any and everything else will be shaped by an unhealthy framework that will result, it will result in bad fruit. Dr. Michael Reeves uh, has said this, he said, quote, fear runs deeper than behavior. It drives behavior. Sinful fear hates God and therefore acts sinfully. Right fear loves God and therefore has a sincere longing to be like him, period, close quote. That was, that was Dr. Michael Reeves who said that. And if you've never listened to Dr. Michael Reeves or read any of his stuff, please <laughs> do so immediately. So, so one of the things that, that, that I wanted to do uh, and that we wanted to do is to talk about fear. Because look, and, and I came up with it, just three things, three kind of main points that I would like to summarize um, through this time. And, and I know Drew has some as well. Um, but, but these three points, number one, you focus on what you fear. Number two, you worship what you fear. And number three, because of that, you are controlled by what you fear. What you got, bro? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think we should just really get into, uh, kind of those three points and, and unfold those. Um, I mean, I think you laid a, a good groundwork right there. Um, you know, because fear is a, is a real thing, especially in the life of, of a believer. And there are uh, reasonable fears, fears and there are unreasonable fears, right? It's a reasonable yeah. fear to be, you know, like afraid of heights, right? Sure. You know, that's why I'm not tall. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> it, it, it's a reasonable fear nice, nice. to, to not want to go up and pet a rattlesnake. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, so, right. So there are reasonable fears and unreasonable fears. Unreasonable fears, we would say something like the fear of man. Uh, that's an unreasonable fear, and we'll get into that as, as oh, yeah. we start to oh, unfold this. Yes. Um, so, so keep that in mind. It, not all fears are sinful, but there are right. fears that are sinful, and what they sinful fears really find, uh, find their home, and, and really they, they flourish from from a place of unbelief uh that's where mm. sinful fears really start to take their shape and they start to blossom like flowers on a spring day uh because it, it's coming from a place of unbelief where we <clears throat> deny god we're denying who he is we're denying uh what he says he will do in his faithfulness and we're yeah. uh, ultimately we're denying who we are in christ if we are in fact in christ <clears throat> So we need to make that distinction of are our fears reasonable or are our fears unreasonable? Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. Right on, dude. Wow. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, to to your point, there are natural fears, right? There there are mm -hmm. fears that 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 you're going to have, and and I think it's something that as my son gets older, something that my wife and I are are, are continuing to try to instill in him is that that buddy emotions are okay. It's okay to have these emotions. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to have fear. It's just we can't be led around and controlled by those fears. Mm -hmm. So what kind of fear are they? What kind of fears are they? Mm -hmm. um, you know, fear. And, and, and let me just say this too, that made me think of this is fear and wisdom are different, right? 
So fe- fear, uh, I had a friend of mine years ago who said this. He said uh, somebody, uh, he was a big avid avid gun collector. I mean, had safes of them, multiple safes. And I don't mean those small safes. I mean, those big <laughs> six foot massive safes that you would have to, I mean, Iron Man could barely get through them. You know what I mean? And and people used to say, hey, man, like you're, you're paranoid. And this guy's from the, from 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 deep south okay he's from the deep south he'd be like nah man you know what paranoia is perfect awareness that's what he's that's what he said and it, and and what's really funny is i can hear him saying it so it makes me laugh but for the context of what we're talking about fear heightens our senses mm-hmm. okay it 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 opens our eyes a little wider it makes us listen a little bit more intently uh, a couple nights ago i got home and uh, Kimberly and Noah were, <laughs> they were uh, at the playground in our neighborhood and a cat was down there, a very sweet cat um, that they've seen before. It used to have a collar. Name was Mittens, right? Adorable name. Black cat with, with white paws. So Mittens fits. But she's barely a year old and she's super friendly, coming up, giving hugs, rolling on the ground, meowing her head off, followed them home. So by the time I got home that night, I knew that that had happened. I was, I was actually on the phone with them when that was happening. And so um, I pull in the driveway and I'm listening. Uh, I'm actually listening to Daryl and Virgil uh, for the latest episode of Just Thinking. And I've got my AirPods Pro in. And, and, and so, I, you know, I can't really hear anything else. And my whole car shakes. And immediately, you know, I look up, pause the podcast and your, my senses were heightened. You feel the adrenaline start to race. And it, and it made me pay closer attention. So, so fear, fear can, can, can drive discernment. Okay. Uh, fear can, can, can drive your ability to be aware, um, which is okay. Um, so, but fear, fear in a sinful sense and wisdom are, are different, you know, discernment that is driven or filtered through that framework of sinful fear that, that's not what God intended for us to have when navigating the circumstances of this fallen world. You know, he, he wanted us here. He kept us here. Um, Christ prayed to his father that we, would, that we would continue to be in the world, but not of it. Okay. Um, so, so, so we're going we're gonna to dive into this. We're going to talk about fear. Um, and, and, and brother, I know one of, one of your points that you had um, as, far as, as far as kicking off was, was to talk about, um, you know, um, servile and, and filial fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> these are two two categories of fear that uh, R.C. Sproul would talk about, and I believe uh, they were first categorized by by Martin Luther, if I remember correctly. But the servile fear is that fear that we experience at the hands of a tormentor. Right. It's, you you know, it's that torturous kind of fear. Um, Filial fear is a kind of an awe and a reverent type fear where we hold something uh, in honor. Right. So so a filial fear would be, you know, because we love God we we have this this religious fear of god and we'll get into that as well but mm. to where we we're, we hold him in such high esteem high honor high reverence we fear displeasing our lord 
Mm. Uh, so that would be more of a filial fear. But one of the things that we have to, to understand as believers is that at one time when we were apart from Christ, we had a servile fear of the That's Lord. Right. We That's had right. God's judgment, God's wrath resting upon us. Once he drew us to himself, we then were brought into a filial fear. That's right. That's right, brother. That's, that is absolutely correct. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think a good, a good point to remember, um, uh, is actually, you know, uh, spe speaking of that filial fear, well, let, let me back up for a second. Let me, let me say this. Um, you know, uh, doctor or not doctor. I, I'm just so used to saying that when I quote somebody. Uh, so there, there's a pastor. Uh, he's a senior executive pastor at uh, Redeemer Bible Church in Gilbert, Arizona. There with Costi Hinn, John Bing, John Benzinger, Kyle Swanson. Uh, his name is a uh, Dale Thakra, and he said this uh, in an article he wrote for Costi for uh, for his website for the Gospel. He said, "Quote: When we actively fear the Lord." We worship and show him reverence and trust, aligning our desires with his desires because we know that he already accepts us through the finished work of Christ. Period. Close quote. Um, you know, I, and when you when you when you were talking about that, when you think about filial filial versus servile fear and the fear of God, you know, I, I think back to Christ's words in Matthew ten twenty eight that says, you know, do not fear those who can kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And when you read through the gospels, look at, look at, look at this, just, just, just when you read through, especially the book of Matthew. Okay. Because you see this a lot blessedness in, in, in the future life is based on a trust in and founded in a fear of God. And the woes that you see in future life are based in and in and, and, and a foundation of a trust on oneself and rooted in a fear of man. Okay. Um, so, so you, you, you clearly, clearly see that, um, you know, I think to uh, something that I, I read earlier, um, which will actually, we'll get to that in a second. Let me say that there's one other quote I wanted to, wanted to say uh, and wanted to make from Dr. Burke Parsons here in a second, but um, you know, speaking to that, you know, we had that servile fear through the gospel, through the completed work and the ongoing work of Jesus Christ. Um, he has given us that filial fear. He has put that in our hearts. Now, Jeremiah, and that's, and that's again, those aren't my words. That, that, those, those are scripture's words. That's Jeremiah 32. Um, you know, it says, uh, it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them. Uh, to, to them, uh, to do them good. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. So now, you know, get, getting to this quote by, um, by, by, by Dr. Burke Parsons, um, and he's the editor of Table Talk Magazine and serves as senior pastor at St. Andrew's Chapel in Sanford, Florida. And, 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 and he said, he, he said this, he said, quote, as Christians, we don't have a servile, cowering, slave-like fear of the Lord. Rather, we have a filial, reverential, humble fear of the Lord. The gospel is the difference between being afraid of God and fearing God. Did you catch that? The gospel is the difference 
between being afraid of God and fearing God. So continuing to quote Dr. Parsons, it's only when we come to fear of the Lord that the Lord tells us to fear not. For when we know the love of God in Christ, the Spirit casts out all fear and instills in us love and adoration that we might work out, work out our salvation with fear and trembling and worship in the Lord, worship the Lord Coram Deo before his face with reverence and awe. Period. Close quote. What you got, man? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that that quote from from Dr. Parsons kind of leads into all the places where uh, fear I mean, fear of the Lord uh, is is applied and, and right. where the fear of the Lord affects. Um, so I don't know if you want to head that way um, or if you have some other things you want to um, address first. <clears throat> but um, I, I, I think for it, um, uh, Dr. Parsons, that quote kind of leads us in, uh, naturally into the places where uh, the fear of the Lord affects. And so this this fear of the Lord, we would call it a, a religious fear or a holy fear. Yeah. It's actually uh, something we should treasure. Uh, it's a mm. gift from God. You said, you, you just quoted Jeremiah, where yeah. he says that he gives us That's that right. fear. He puts that in us. So God uses actually this religious fear, this holy fear to preserve our conscience, peace, and purity. Um, and, and this is important because the comparison that, that Dr. Parsons makes is, you know, the difference between a, what was it? A fear of God and fearing God. That's right. Because this is a gift and you might be saying, well, how is, how is this a gift? Um, how, you know, um, well, it's a gift. Go ahead. Go, go back to that though. Like, and, 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 cause I really want people to hear that the fear that God has put in your hearts, a fear of him, the reverence, mm -hmm. the awe, not being afraid of God. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but when we come to that fear of God, uh, so, and, and that's where he tells us, and we can ultimately fear not at that point. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. It's a it's treasure, a gift. right? James 1 17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting mm -hmm. shadow. So, man, I, I just, I wanted people to hear that again, because yeah. I, I don't think that's something we as believers focus on enough is right. Because when you said it to me earlier, I was like, like I sat back in my seat when I was mm -hmm. watching that message. Cause I was like, bro, that is good, man. Yeah. That is yeah. good. So yeah, just we, yeah, go, it's go a, back to that a little bit. So, so, so the fear of the Lord being a gift and, and the Lord, as, as you just read is a perfect gift giver. Right. Um, and, and so when we have this fear of the Lord gifted to us, it's not that when we sin, it's not that we are afraid that, that he's going to, uh, strike us. Right. right. Um, it, it's, we're more afraid or, or we're more, uh, dis, uh, we hate our sin because we have displeased our father, but we also don't want to, uh, be apart from, from him, from our mm -hmm. father. We don't want to be separated from him. So while we look at him, uh, in awe, in reverence, uh, in this filial fear that is a gift, we know just like just like Aslan, 
right? Just like Aslan mm-hmm. in, in the Chronicles of Narnia. Well, it, you know, it, is he is he dangerous? Well, he's not a tame lion, but he is good, right? So so God is good, but it's something we can't we don't want to separate ourselves from. We don't want to wander off from because there's safety in our Lord. There's sa- the closer mm. we get to our Lord, the more we hold him in awe, in reverence, in honor, in that filial fear, there's a safety and there's assurance, right? Think of Matthew. Um the calling of Matthew, uh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew nine, Mark two, Luke five. Uh, when Jesus calls Matthew, he wasn't fearful of losing his nice lucrative government job. Uh, right. He was called and he went and he followed Jesus um, because there was, uh, there was a safety and there was an assurance there. Matthew was, was also drawn to him. So when we have this fear gifted mm-hmm. to us, we don't want to be separated from our father. And so uh, back to this, you know, kind of being a gift, there's all types of gifts and there's all types of gift givers. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes, when, you know, when we're little, we, get, we ask for gifts that we want. Uh, well, the fear of the Lord is not necessarily a gift that you would want, right? You go, well, how in the world is this a gift? Like what? I don't want this. Uh, but it's a gift that you need. Uh, and that gets kind of gets into the practical, right? So as I got older, my parents started teaching me about, uh, practical gifts, gifts that you need and gifts that you can use, but in the practical gift, also, it's a gift that, that will kind of retain its value. So it's never going to diminish or depreciate over time. And as this gift is given to us, it's something that we need. It's something that uh, we can use because of all the places that it affects, which, right. um, which we're also going to talk about those places yep. that it affects yep. Yep. and yep. it's never going to depreciate in value over time because it mm-hmm. constantly draws us to our father. Right. So again, another Chronicles of Narnia uh, example, right. There, there's, there's one river right in, in Narnia and you know, the little girl wants to go take a drink, but the lion's standing there. And, and what does she say to the lion? She says, well, I'll take a drink if you promise not to do anything. And the lion says, well, I don't, make any promises. And she says, well, then I won't drink. Well, then you'll die. Right. Mm. So, <laughs> cause that's the only, that's the only, if you want that fresh living water, that's the only place you have to go. Right. But there's a sense of attraction there. And then once you get in there, you don't want to leave because that's where the safety and the assurance is. Well, absolutely. And, you know, g- going back brother and thank you for that. And I, and I hope, I hope, you know, that listeners, I, ho- I hope you guys, Go back and, and listen to that. And and if you've never, it, it, like me, I mean, if you've never truly stopped and thought about the the fear of God being a gift, um, and 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 that He is our perfect gift giver, and because that any gift that we have comes from Him, it's it it doesn't depreciate, it doesn't diminish in value. Um, it is it is a well that you can constantly return to, um, to 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 drink from. And, and ultimately, when we drink from the well and the gift of the fear of God, um, that will produce 
holiness that spurs us on. It gives us the energy and the hydration we need to live a life of holiness before our holy God, to be obedient to his word. Mm -hmm. right. um, and that's that, that's what I'm, I, I referenced to uh, when I first started talking about uh, that religious fear is it yep. preserves our conscience. That's right. right? It, That's right. It, the, the fear of the Lord weighs on our conscience, but it also brings us peace. And because it weighs on our conscience and it brings us peace, it pushes us towards purity. It pushes mm -hmm. us towards holiness. That's right. That's right, brother. Amen. Amen. Well, and, 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 you know, that, that kind of leads right into this quote I had again from Dr. Michael Reeves. He said this quote, the fear of God as a biblical theme stops us from thinking that we are made for either passionless performance or a detached knowledge of abstract truths. It shows that we are made to know God in such a way that our hearts tremble at his beauty and splendor. It shows us that entering the life of Christ involves a transformation of our very affections so that we will begin actually to despise and not merely renounce the sins we once cherished and treasure the God we once abhorred, you know? So, so brother, that's, that is spot on. That is spot on. So kind of, kind of leading, you know, again, just kind of just continuing to move, move, move down the line here, you know, a, a good question, you know, considering all that, you know, do we have that fear that, that God has given? Um, well, I think we have to back up a little farther and ask ourselves this. Do we know God? Do we know who he is? Have we studied his attributes? Do we meditate on the truths found in scripture? Are we trying to, as much as our finite minds can, can seek to comprehend, to learn about our God? Remember, I said at the top that we focus on what we fear and then we worship what we fear. And, and so it's, do, do we know the God of, uh, of the scriptures? You know, I mean, can we truly say that we believe in his promises because of that? You know, second Corinthians one twenty says for as many as are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Uh, back to Dr. Burke Parsons, this kind of takes me kind of into, into, into the next thing that I had, but is, uh, he says this quote, people don't want a God of holiness and wrath. They only want a God of love and of peace. They don't want a God who hates their sin. They want a cuddly teddy bear God who, who will be their buddy. The reality is that, that people don't want to fear God because they don't want God in their lives. Some professing Christians don't fear him because they don't actually know the God of scripture while they presume upon his grace to save them, period, close quote. So, so do you know God? Do you know Christ? Do you know uh, that our God is uh, the attributes of God, that he is both equally wrath and justice and uh, love and peace? That is who he is. It isn't just an attribute. Um, it is who he is. So in order to understand the fear of God, we have to know who God is. Do we know who we are in Christ is another fantastic question to ask. If you're going to fear God, do, do, we, do we know what we were before Christ and what we, uh, what we are now in Christ, who we are now in Christ? Um, and, and, and so that brings me to, to a question that I have is, um, 
do we fear God and worship? You know, if you walk into the majority of evangelical Christian churches today, especially in America, I can't speak for other countries because, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to one. <laughs> so, um, but it, what we end up finding is for the most part, the worship found, and I don't just mean song. When I say worship, I don't just mean the musical portion. I also, I, I mean, I mean, worship period from top to bottom. Our, our worship is, is trivial and it's shallow because, because we're guilty of approaching our strong and mighty God in the very same ways, in a very trivial and shallow way. You know, do we, do we show our fear of God during worship? Do we stop and think about and, and, and stop and ponder on the weightiness of who God is? You know, I, I think back to Isaiah chapter six. It's a passage of scripture, of course, that we're all familiar with. But Isaiah chapter six starts out in verse one in the year that King Uzziah, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. One called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know, do we respond as we approach the throne of God in that way when, when it comes to our worship? Uh, I, I mean, again, I, I'm going to quote Dr. Reeves a lot here just because I, I found his work on this incredibly helpful. Uh, he said this, quote, in fact, the, the fear of the Lord is the reason Christianity is the most song-filled of all religions. It is the reason why, from how Christians worship together to how they stream music, they are always looking to make melody about their faith. Christians instinctively want to sing to express the affection behind their words of praise and to stir it up knowing that the words spoken flatly will not do in worship of this God? Do we tremble? Do we consider the weightiness of who God is? Um, do we consider the intrinsic glory and the intrinsic nature of who God is as we ascribe glory to his name? You know, D Dr. Josh Bice said this this past week at Praise Mill Baptist Church in his sermon. He said, quote, the all-surpassing purpose of worship is to magnify Christ. And then he said this, have you ever stopped to ask God if your worship is appropriate? Do we, do we know who God is? And does that, does our, does our concept, does, does what we know of God drive us in worship and then i'll and then i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna flip it here on, on, on its head again and, and and add another level to that and then i'm uh i i, I, I i'll uh, open it up to you brother john bunyan said this he said in in a in his uh his work that the saint's knowledge of christ's love 
He said, quote, oh, that a great God should be a God, a good God to an unworthy, to an undeserving, and to a people that continually do what they can to provoke the eyes of his glory. This should make us tremble. Can that, close quote, can that be said of you? Can that be said of I when we approach God in worship? What you got, man? Yeah, I think um, the the question you asked earlier is, you know, of do you know God? Um, do you know Christ? Uh, I think we can answer that question if we were to walk into the majority of American churches. Oh, absolutely. Because what, and just by, uh, just by listening to the songs that they play during their, their Woo! time of worship through, through song, um, <laughs> you can tell that it's, that it's a place filled with a bunch of people uh, who don't know God, who have unplowed hearts because they, because more than likely they're at a place that doesn't teach the gospel. Uh, in fact, they're probably at a place that has a uh, very superficial teaching and uh, superficial teaching that is laid upon unplowed hearts will lead to shallow worship that does not please God, that God does not accept. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about worship, the fear of the Lord in worship, this naturally leads us into the regulative principle of worship. Yes, sir. Because exactly where I wanted you to go, because we should, if we have a proper fear of God and we know who God is and, and we understand the gospel and we have been like, we haven't just made a public profession, but we have been changed by the gospel. So wow. now we actually possess the gospel. Um, when we understand those things and we view God rightly, then we will want to do in our church services that which pleases God, that which mm-hmm. has he has said will bring him uh, pleasure. So, And that's everything from how we treat one another how we take communion, how we baptize, how we sing, how we how, how we dress. That's right. We, I mean, if you're if you're still dressing like a middle school kid um, to 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 ascend to the stage into the pulpit, you probably haven't matured very much well, since I, middle school. And I hate to interrupt you. I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to toss it right back to you. So don't lose your train of thought. Did you know that in Exodus, in Exodus 19. Um, uh, it says that, uh, in, in verse nine, the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you, uh, and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord also said to Mo- Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today. And tomorrow, let them wash their garments. That was in preparation for them being in the presence of God. Right. Did, no, do, man, you can show up in your pajamas. No, you're fine. <laughs> sorry, man, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep, keep, keep yeah, going because no, I, I, love, I love where you're going. But I, I mean, you know, we, we worship God in the way that we dress. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard pastors come down on people that, that wear suits, right? Yep. And I'm one of those guys that like to wear suits, um, suit and tie. Why? Because that is the most important day of the week, right? I mean, I, I make fun of it all the time, but we live in the South, right? The good old South. That's right. Um, and how it's many uh-huh. people, 
how many people living here that are huge Donald Trump supporters, if they had the opportunity to go to the White House, would sell everything that they own to buy a pristine, perfect and pressed suit to go to go meet and shake his hand for just two seconds. But yet we can't put in any effort to get dressed when we come before the king of kings on Sunday. Your priorities are off. So, yes, I, I, I do take pride in uh, in the way that I present myself before the Lord on his day. Um, so, so a fear of the Lord should affect the way that we dress. It should affect the songs that we sing. Come on. It should affect the way we take communion. It should affect the way the preacher handles the word of God and the way that he carries himself when he is behind the pulpit. He shouldn't have profanity coming out of his mouth at any time. He Amen. should be Come He should on, be the brother. one because of the fear of God that is leading the example in holiness. He's he supposed is, to be the mouthpiece for Christ. That's right. He he's yep. the messenger, he's the mouthpiece for Christ. John Knox The great Scottish reformer said, I have never once feared the devil, but I tremble every time I step into the pulpit. So how he handled God's word, how he carried himself when he stepped into that pulpit mattered. And today there are so many people that take it so flippantly because they have no fear of the Lord. Brother, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely 110% correct. There is no fear of God. There is no fear of God in these quote-unquote so-called pragmatic, seeker-sensitive, normative principle churches. There's there's none. We don't know. R.C. Sproul was absolutely right. We don't know who God is. And, and look, and let me say this. We never will on this side of heaven. We will not in our finite state be able to comprehend the vastness and the true holiness of God. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean that, 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 that we should not approach the Lord in fear, in reverence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and, and let, me, let me say something about that real quick. Go ahead. Um, talking about, you, you know, kind of churches and pastors in America of, of the time that we live in, sure, there, are, sure. there are far too many pastors that teach their people to become a little too familiar with God. And what oh, I mean is, is guys bro. like Todd White, right? When, when they approach... God, they don't approach him with a holy fear. They don't approach him with reverence. You know, there is almost this level of, you you know, not quite Jesus is my homeboy, but that he's just daddy. Right. And and when I pray, when, when I pray, I don't pray, you know, holy God up in heaven. I pray daddy, you know, I told you about pastor prayer, right? Yeah. I've told you that story about pastor prayer. Tell it on here. Yeah, so so I was I was a part of a, of a church plant um, a, few, a few years, a few well, quite a few years now, um, and, and the pastor had a the lead pastor um, had a friend of his come in uh, from uh, from somewhere I think it was Tennessee something like that we're in Georgia by the way if you didn't know, um, and um, and this man's nickname was Pastor Prayer and so you know we we were told as a church staff that man th- th- this guy I, I've never heard people pre I've never heard somebody preach and talk about prayer like this guy and so I'm thinking all right cool awesome. So he gets up there and preaches on a Sunday, and and this is what he said, and I am not exaggerating this at all. Here's what he said. The next time you pray, you don't need to say Father, God, Heavenly Father. Um, You just call him friend. You just call him friend because he is. He's your friend. I'm like, what? 
I'm sorry. What? No, there's an, no, there's I, an aspect wow. where, where he is friend, right? The, the, there's an, in, in scripture, scripture teaches that, right? There's an absolutely, aspect, absolutely. But, but that comes after the fact that he is first holy. That's right. Uh, That's so, right. I, I mean, and I've had, I've had friends, you know, when, when I was back in the vineyard that would pray, that would, they would just say, Hey God, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's holy. No. Yes. He is holy and, and you should treat him as such. Well, check this out. So, so, and brother, that, that just kind of, kind of brought some scripture to mind. Um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, I asked the question, do we know God? And, and so, and again, and I love what you said, I, I can, I could walk into most churches on, on a, on a Lord's day and by the content and, and, and the way that people carry themselves, um, especially during the service, I will tell you whether or not they know God. I will tell you whether or not there is a genuine fear of the Lord. I mean, l- listen, l- listen to this. Listen, l- listen to, to, to Psalm 8. Oh Lord, uh, oh Lord, our Lord, oh Yahweh, our Lord is, is what that literally translates into. How majestic is your name in all the earth? You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make uh, to make the enemy and the revengeful case. Listen to this, verse three. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him, and this is speaking about Christ, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, it's not for, don't, don't listen to what I just said <laughs> yet. You have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep, all oxen, also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the sea. Oh, Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Isaiah 66, one and two says this, for my hand made all these things. Thus, all these things came into being, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? But to this one, I will look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. And, and, and we don't, we don't see that in most churches, most evangelical churches on any given Lord's day um, from, from start to finish, we don't see that. And then when you point that out to people, what do you get? Oh, you're just being a Pharisee. Oh, those MacArthur guys, right? That's what you end up hearing. Dr. Uh, you know, Anthony Mathenia, who's, who's uh, Paul Washer's pastor and the head of Heart Cry Ministry, he says this, and I love this quote, and I use it often. Quote, nothing angers the self-righteous like being told their worship is not acceptable to God. Do we consider the worth-ship, that's where the word worship comes from, the worth-ship of God and the, and the weightiness of who he is and how we approach him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's good. I think, uh, you know, let's, let, let, let's keep going. Let's keep yeah, going yeah. to, uh, to some other points that you have. 
Yeah, man. So, so the next thing that I had, um, you know, so, so we talk about the fear of God. Um, but, but something that I want to make clear that I, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of, and I know you have too, we've talked about it a lot and that's the fear of man. We have seen the fear of man absolutely run amok throughout the whole of the evangelical church over the last year. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to, to quote my brother, uh, Dale Thakra, uh, who said this, quote, the Bible is clear. When we fear people over God, we are in disobedience, period, close quote. Galatians 1 verse 10 says, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a slave of Christ. So from a fear of man standpoint, but then also from an anxiety and a worry standpoint, in its simplest form, fear of man in, 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 in this way, a fear of outcome because of, of we can't control the circumstance is an absence of faith and trust in the absolute sovereignty of God and his commitment and promises to his adopted children. That We, we end up replacing, and, and I said this earlier, we end, we end up elevating on the throne room of our hearts, which, which should belong to God, especially if we profess faith in Christ, we elevate man above God. You know, Paul Washer, uh, he told this story once, and, and, and so I'm going I'm to tell the story. It's, it's quoted, okay? So, quote, um, he said, um, uh, he, he's telling the story he was preaching once. He said, a, a man came up behind me and said, you must be the bravest man in the room. You said things that made people mad here tonight. That one guy looked like he was going to come over and beat you up. You're not afraid of anybody. Okay, and, and let me just stop here and say, if you've never heard a Paul <laughs> Washer sermon, <laughs> uh go listen this to is one. where it's about to get real yeah, yeah 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 so uh so but if you've never heard of paul washer's sermon he is completely unapologetic and shows that he fears god above man in in every sermon i've ever heard him preach personally uh but he continued he said this uh, paul washer said no um it, it could just be possible that i'm the most frightened insecure man in the room and then he said this he said i want you to think about something Let's say there is a man that walks up to me that is three foot nothing, weighing almost nothing. He has no muscle on him at all, and he challenges me to a fight. And like a coward, I run into the corner weeping. But then let's say that walking behind that man is another man, man who stands beside him who is seven feet tall, 400 pounds of solid muscle, and he challenges me to a fight. Then I find out I have a choice. I can fight the little man or I can fight the big man. Now, it doesn't matter anymore how afraid I am of that little man. It doesn't matter anymore that I'm a coward. That no longer is in the equation. I have to fight someone. So the coward that I am, if I have to fight one of these two guys, I'm going to jump on the little guy. You're the little guy. It's just relative. It's just choice. I've got to deal with you, or I have to deal with him. And of course, that him is capital H him, that being God. So the fear of man in any way, shape, or form is a sin, period. 
fear of man takes takes the emotion and focus that we should have for God and worship and attempts to place ourselves and others on the throne of our hearts and our minds. Mm-hmm. What you got, bro? Yeah. Um, I mean, JC Ryle, um, he talks about how uh, men today don't have original thoughts anymore. Right. Uh, not, not just that they don't have original thoughts, but they don't have the ability to sit and think and come up with original thoughts, right. To, to kind of process things. He says like, like dead fish, they go with the stream and tide. What others think is right. They think is right. And what others call wrong, they call wrong. Uh, he goes on and he he says, uh, one of our biggest fears and he, and he says, this is especially true in young men. Uh, we have this fear of what others will think. And then he says, oh, what wretched slavery this is. And yet how common, right? So think about first Samuel uh, 15, uh, 24, right? This is, this is Saul. Saul says, I feared the people and listened to their voice. This is King Saul, Saul, who was appointed by God to be king over Israel. He's saying, I feared the people, so I listened to them. We see that in churches today. Pastors fear mm. the people. They fear people will, will, will leave, you know, um, yep. or, yep. or uh, pe- other elders fear, fear the first among co-equals. So they just go right along. They just become yes men. They, come, they become hirelings so, so that everything stays peaceable uh, and no one actually gets challenged. This is one of those unreasonable fears, because how unreasonable is it to fear man who dies? Okay, Isaiah 51, verse 12. (laughs) Isaiah 51, verse 12. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies and the son of man who is made like grass? And if you keep going on to verse 13, he says, you need to fear the Lord, the one who has created these things. Now, um, if you're, if you're taking notes, jot down also Isaiah eight, um, for the, uh, beginning in verse 11 for the, for thus, the Lord spoke to me with mighty power and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people saying, you are not to say it is a conspiracy. Hello. We just had a whole bunch of conspiracy theorists run amok, uh, hashtag QAnon. I can't tell you how many people were like, this is going to happen. And I was like, you are crazy. Um, But anyways, you are not to say it is a conspiracy in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you shall regard as holy. Come on. I mean, giving the highest place. The Lord is the one you should be listening to not those who tout conspiracies and he shall be your fear and he shall be your dread. Then he shall become a sanctuary. So when we possess a fear that is apart from God, we're robbing God of his glory. We are not treating him as holy. When we have a proper fear of God, he becomes our sanctuary. He becomes a place of refuge from the things that would normally give us fear. So as your fear of the Lord grows stronger, the grip of all other fears grows weaker. 
That's right. That's right. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Um, you know, we, we, we must remember that, uh, that, 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 and I love the way you put that brother. Why, why are we going to fear someone who like the grass withers and dies? Why are we not, uh, why are we not fearing God? Um, and brother, thank you so much for that, man. That was awesome. I, I, and, and again, and, and what's, what's cool about this man is that we haven't exchanged notes. Um, you know, so, so the next <laughs> kind of the, the, the perfect, uh, the perfect lead into what I wanted to, to, to kind of talk with is, or, or talk through is just, just to encourage those maybe who are caught. Um, number one, let, let me say this. If, if, if you're caught in, in a fear, um, uh, if you're caught in a fear of man, that is something you need to repent of. That that is something you absolutely you need to ask yourself and pray, uh, and do some serious self examination and um, asking who your God is. Is it the God of Scripture? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, or or is is it man? Are, are, are you a man pleaser? Are you a, you know, pastors out there? Are you a man pleaser? Are you a hireling? If someone, if someone in your congregation or even outside of your congregation brings you something that's a concern that you know goes against scripture and yet you refuse to do anything about uh, for fear of losing your job, for fear of losing your status because of whatever the case may be, you are a hireling and a slave to that person you're afraid of and not to God you need to repent. Period. Period. Um, that is not your role. Your role is to shepherd the flock of God, to protect them, to lead them, to guide them as you are the under shepherd under the chief shepherd. Um, you know, th there is no room. There is no room right now. And what we are experiencing right now in the church for, for fear mongering hirelings who refuse to submit to uh, the, the infallibility, inerrancy, and the sufficiency of Scripture and trusting in the sovereignty of God um, in, in, in how you lead. Yeah, I want to take that a, a step further as well. And I want to say um, this also applies to the person sitting in the pews. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or, or chairs, since not a whole lot of people use pews anymore. Um, but the person in the pew, are you afraid to speak out against or approach an elder who who may be teaching wrong or doing wrong things or things or bring it to somebody's attention right are you afraid to do that um then well then you you likewise possess the same fear of man absolutely wholeheartedly agree um and 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 you know to to those sitting in the pew or the chairs to your point um, if you can't do that, um, or if you, if you're met with opposition or shunned or ignored, then you need to find another church period. Um, I mean, that, that, that that's just it. There, there's no, there's, there's, you know, uh, that, 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 that's not honoring to the Lord in any way, shape or form. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, the f fear of man is that that's not, we, we fear God. We, we, we don't, we don't fear man. Um, and, and again, th those, those are Christ's words out of Matthew 10, not John Calvin, uh, not John MacArthur, uh, not, not, not anybody else. Okay. Those are Christ's words. That's, those are our Lord's words to fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul. Now, 
for those who may be uh, caught in, in, in some sort of fear, um, fear of outcome, fear of circumstance, anxiety, anxieties are, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. I mean, you, you've got, there are so many um, triggers in, in, in today's world. Um, and the world as a whole, the secular world as a whole, wants to try to help us to manage our anxiety right? Control it. Go here. Go talk to, you know, uh, go, go take this medication. Go talk to this person. Go, to, go, go talk to that person. Um, what so makes it worse is when the church says, oh yeah, we're going to outsource, you know, things like counseling or whatever for you to manage your anxiety. <laughs> right. And the pastor doesn't take on the role of the pastor. There you go. Uh, you are not wrong, brother. <laughs> you are in fact a hundred percent right on, but, but there's, th- 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 there's an incredible, um, an absolutely just incredible level, especially uh, over the past year because of COVID. And when you look at the statistics of, of suicides and depression and alcohol use and drug use, um, a heightened addiction to pornography, um, you know, in our last episode, I had the privilege of interviewing Erin Coates, uh, the wife of Pastor James Coates, and she did some, some research for a talk that she was giving to ladies out of, out of, out of Thessalonians about being pure. Um, and the, the, the stats that she found as far as the number of women and children that, um, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's the views of pornography is, are in the billions right now. I mean, billions upon billions. Um, so, and, and, and we see these, these, these commands and, and comforts riddled throughout the scriptures. I mean, Jesus says multiple times throughout the gospel, stop being anxious, stop worrying, stop being afraid. Jesus doesn't want to help us uh, manage that anxiety. Okay. He, he wants, he wants us to come to him. So it's eliminated. He wants us to run to him, to flock to him, to worship him, to fear him so that that is eliminated. You know, Jesus said, don't be anxious for your life. Don't be anxious. Do not be afraid. Christ is the one that offers, uh, that, that, that offers that, um, that, that, that freedom from that, you know, he says in Luke, you know, uh, and he said to his disciples, for this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat, nor for your body as to what you shall put on for life is more than food and the body and the body than clothing. We must remember that, you know, I think back to passages of scripture that we all, you know, we as believers, if you've been a believer for any given period of time, Psalm 23, I love the way Psalm 23 starts. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. So the psalmist immediately, he, 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 he views himself, all right, as, as we as truly adopted sons and daughters of God ought to as sheep. And as sheep, we need not want, but need a shepherd. Sheep are stupid. <laughs> okay. And fear makes us more stupid. Sheep have absolutely zero sense of direction. They do not know where to find those green pastures or still waters that the psalmist mentions in verse two. Not only are sheep stupid, but sheep without a shepherd are completely defenseless defenseless against the attacks of all sorts of dangers. So predators, thieves, robbers. So, so, so we need a shepherd. 
because there are, are all sorts of danger. Not only are we stupid, not only are we fearful and that drives that stupidity and, and, and makes us cower and, and sit back in the corner, but, but there are predators and thieves and robbers out there seeking to entice us with false teachings, seeking to entice us with, with, with ideologies that are anti-God and anti-biblical. So we need and have a shepherd, not just any shepherd, the shepherd, Yahweh, the Lord. When you see, when you read in your Bibles, if you have the New American Standard or the, or the, uh, the English Standard Version, you see that it says the Lord. Okay, but one of the one of the many things that I'm very excited about for the Legacy Standard Bible is it translates that correctly. Yahweh. Yahweh, meaning I am, meaning to be. That is his name. Yahweh is my shepherd. Notice the confidence that David had. He is. And then and then he makes it personal. He's my shepherd. So to, to, to quote Dr. Stephen J. Lawson, who is the president of One Passion Ministries, he's the teaching fellow, he's the teaching fellow at Ligonier Ministries. Bro, everybody who listens to this show. I just want to give credit where credit is due. Knows that we are Lawson people. Yes, we and, are. And that we quote him all the time. That's They're right. going to know who he is. <laughs> good, good. Uh, he is, the, of course, the professor of preaching and overseer of the doctorate of ministry program at the Master Seminary. And in his book, Our Great Shepherd, A Journey Through Psalm 23, he said this, quote, As believers, we are, like Dave, we are David-like sheep. We are easily fearful. We quickly lose our way. We stray in the wrong direction. We need a shepherd to care for us, and our desperate need is met in the Lord, in Yahweh. Okay. He is the one who, who breathes stars into existence, right? I quoted Psalm 8 earlier. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Oh, Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The one who breathes life into everything. There is not one ounce of this universe. One there, is, there are no maverick molecules. Every molecule made in this universe, all of them cry out to God saying, Father. And he said, he is our shepherd. Let the, and, 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 and that's, that is right. That, that think about that. That should drive you to experience more of that filial fear that we talked about earlier. That is who our shepherd is. Our shepherd is the Lord. And therefore the psalmist says, I shall not want what you got, bro. Yeah. So um, I want to say a couple things about Psalm 23. One, to to piggyback on what you're talking about in verse one, um, the Lord Yahweh, uh, he is my shepherd. Uh, and because he is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not be in want. So when we fear, when we as, as, as Christ followers, when we have a fear that is placed wrongfully in something that is other than God, other than our good shepherd, we are doubting God's provision. We are doubting yeah, God's protection. Yep, yep. And ultimately we are doubting the promises that, that he, that, that he has said uh, he will give us that, that he will bring to, to fruition for us because we are his children. Uh, secondly, if you look over at verse five, verse five, uh, it says, 
you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, you can feast in the presence of your enemies without fear because of who has prepared the table. And the one who has prepared the table is also the one who guards the table so that you may feast. Man, that's that that is that is good, brother. That is good. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely a hundred percent true. You know, I think to, you know, because of who he is, and again, if you've been adopted in, if you have been, if your life has been purchased by the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has said that there there is no part of your life that you need to be so anxious that it drives you to that, that unconventional, sinful fear and anxiety. It does nothing, nothing. Again, number one, we, we, we've talked about this. Number one, it shows that, that you don't, to Drew's point, you do not trust. You do not trust in, in the sovereignty of God. You do not trust in, 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 in his majesty. You do not trust in his love and his care for you. Think about that. And then, and then, you know, taking it a step further, I mean, Jesus said, who, who can, who can, by, by worrying about his life can add one day to his life. It does quite the opposite. It takes life away. There are multiple studies that show that, 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 that anxiety is detrimental to, 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 to your health physically. So we do not fear. And, and Drew, again, to your point, I'm mean, go back to second Corinthians one twenty. For as many are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him, our amen to the glory of God. Our amen is how we live. Our amen is trusting in him. So we must do that. We, we run to God. We run to our, our great shepherd, our good shepherd. And, and we, we remember, the, the I mean, look at Paul in Philippians chapter 4, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. To your point, guarding the table, right? Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like that you read that verse about what we are to do. What we are to go to God in prayer uh, because we have a wrong view of prayer. Oh, absolutely. Right. Especially Christians here in America, we do not know how to pray. Christianity has been mixed with the American dream. Mm. So we often pray for our will and the things that we want. Uh, Our prayers are self-seeking. They're self-benefiting in order to be self-satisfying. We are to pray God's will be done. We are to seek his will. Now, when we pray, we will pray that we'll say those words. But while we're uh, saying those words, we are seeking our will, thinking that God's will is in line with our will. That's right. And then when the things that we prayed for, for ourselves, when they don't come to pass, then we panic. So we need to, yep. yeah, we need, we need to not think that God's will is in line with our will. We need to submit ourselves to God's will and whatever that may be. Well, and, to, and brother, that, that what's really funny, I have a quote here from Martin Lloyd-Jones. Uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this quote, faith is the refusal to panic, period, close quote. Very short quote. You can, you can memorize that one. 
Faith is the refusal to panic, you know? And, and so if you're a believer or, or listener, let me, let me, let me back up and say this listener. If, if you are living a life captured uh, and, 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 and you, you feel like you are, you are shackled uh, and I'm going to be careful how I say this shackled by fear and anxiety. Now there's a difference between being shackled by fear and anxiety from um, in the sense that I'm talking about where you may not possess that faith that you think you do. There's a difference between that and man, you just go, you're just going through it. Right. I have a, we have a brother right now um, that uh, friends with through social media, but he recently, he has had a rough last couple months. He's lost his father. He's lost his brother um, and, um, and has been dealing with anxiety and depression. And has been very outspoken in public about this and asking for prayers and, and, and uh, I mean, being very transparent on social media, which takes a lot of courage to do, um, you know, so, so I wholeheartedly believe, again, he's a brother in Christ. I know that he's because he's, he's reaching out for help. But I mean, if you're one of those people who you're shackled by this, it's, it's driving you inwards. It's driving you to, 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 to sinful action. It's driving you to addiction. It's driving you to uh, thoughts of self-harm. Then, then that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, so, so we, 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 we have to rest in the promises of God. And, 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 and he's, he's told us that don't, don't be anxious. Don't, don't do it. Don't do not be anxious. Um, uh, you know, so, so that was in Philippians four, six, you know, I think, I think back to this too, um, you know, Romans chapter eight, is a is an a fantastic chapter of scripture to run to um if you are in in fact wrestling with anxiety romans chapter 8 says this you know verse 18 for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body for in hope we have been saved but hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it, for it, excuse me, verse 26, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of it, mind of the spirit, what the mind of the spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I'm going to stop there for a second and just highlight something to your point about prayer. We don't know how to pray. I'm guilty of that. I'm absolutely, I was taught, I confess that to my wife today. I, 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 I do not pray as I should. I do not lead us to pray as, as I should. But know this, listener, if you're wrestling with anxiety and you don't know how to pray, this isn't giving you an excuse not to pray. Okay, let me say that. Um, but what this is letting you know that if you're in Christ, the Spirit lives in you, um, that, that, that in those moments, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you, as is Christ 
this very moment before the Father. What a wonderful promise to rest in. What a wonderful reminder that the, the Holy Spirit of God, the third member of the Trinity, of the triune Godhead, is interceding for you right now, as is Christ, according to the book of John. What a rest there. We rest there. And then, you know, to, to Drew's point earlier, fear, the fear of God is a gift, but know this. You know, and, and, and I'm about to read our, our coffee, a coffee cup verse, right? Um, a verse that everybody, everybody loves to quote. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. But you can't forget the next verse. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed into the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So know that whatever you're experiencing in your life, the hardship, the pain, the suffering, whatever's driving that anxiety in you, that may be a gift of God to continue to conform you more and more into the image of God. And let me, let me be very transparent with you and say this, that's not easy for me to sit here and say, okay? Because there are things, there are things in my life and my family's life that's going that are going on right now that we have prayed and asked for relief for and and healing for, and 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 the relief and the healing haven't come. So what is it the Spurgeon said? Whatever drives you to your knees to worship God, be thank something like that to be thankful for. I'm I'm, I'm gonna look up that quote while you're talking. So <laughs> what you got? <laughs> um. <clears throat> You know, I just wanted to uh, basically really just give some of my closing thoughts here. Yeah. Um, everyone is going to experience fear of some kind, um, whether that be fear of losing a job, uh, fear, maybe you have some kind of fear of man, fear of, of stepping out. I mean, CRT is running rampant right now. Coca-Cola yep. just made their employees take courses on how to be less white. How you do that, I don't know. I can't change my skin color, um, but I don't work for Coke, so I ain't got to worry about it. Uh, you know, the the, equal, the <laughs> right. Equality Act is coming down is is coming down soon. I think it's already been reintroduced into Congress. It has, it has yeah. Um, you, you know, maybe you have a fear of maybe you have children who have strayed, right? You you have a a fear uh, of them wandering off. Uh, let me tell you what you don't do. Uh, you don't pray away the spirit of Jezebel, okay? Right. One, because that doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. <laughs> Quit doing that, <laughs> okay? You need to say, no, my children are in rebellion against God and they're sinning, and it's up to you to give them the gospel. Come on, bro. Don't fear them. Fear God, because it is up to you to give them the gospel. Uh if something is, is going on in your church that you notice, maybe a leader, maybe someone, maybe another con congregant or whatever, don't fear them. Approach them in love and confront whatever it may be. We have so many fears about things that we need not fear. Mm. Right. Uh, I, I direct you back to, to JC Ryle to what, uh, uh, what I said earlier, uh, 
when, when I quoted him, how unreasonable is it to fear a man who dies? Our only fear needs to be in the one who is eternal. Yeah. Now, Jesus subjected himself to fear. So some of your, some, some of our fears are very reasonable because Jesus subjected himself to fear. He subjected mm -hmm. himself to a natural fear, right? The crucifixion in the garden. Uh, he, he sweats blood. Yeah. What type of fear is it that brings someone to sweat drops of blood? But his prayer was that the cup would pass from him, the cup of God's wrath. Jesus knew he was about to suffer the full wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. Jesus, who had always enjoyed perfect communion with the Father. John 1.1, 1, 1, right? The word was with God. Prostone mm. theon, face to face. He had always, and, and I was thinking about this today, actually. The love we receive from God is a grace because we don't deserve it, right? Right, man. But Jesus was loved by God with a love that was always deserved because he was always perfect. Whoa, bro. Can you say that again? Say that again. Jesus was always loved by God with a love that was deserved. Mm. The love we receive from God is not deserved, which is why it is a grace from God. Amen. Wow. But Jesus came down and took to the cross someone who had always enjoyed perfect communion perfect love with the father was now about to bear the wrath of god have the father's face turned away from him and why was it about to be turned away because jesus the one who knew no sin ever was perfect in holiness and righteousness was about to take upon him the full load of sin. Mm. There's fear in that in itself. Someone who had never known any type of imperfection is now bearing the consequence of sin, but also bearing the sin himself. Right. And the reason we have fear and we experience fear is because of sin. But... Jesus came down to bear that for us, to bear the sin and to bear the consequence of our sin. Why? So that we may now come into perfect communion, perfect relationship, perfect reconciliation with the Father. So that now in our conversion, in our repentance of sin, in our belief upon Christ and what he did on the cross, bearing that sin, suffering that consequence that we deserved. We now have a filial fear that is gifted to us where we are drawn by the father. We rest in the father, but we hold him in awe and reverence and honor. And we never want to depart from the father. We don't want to stray away from him, even the slightest bit, yeah. because that's where our safety and our assurance lies in that proper fear of God. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, Titus chapter two says this, 
for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. What a reminder. The grace of God has appeared. He's brought salvation. And because of that, he has brought us into his fold. He has adopted us as his sons and his daughters. To, and he's instructing us to deny ungodliness, to, to, to live holy lives. And looking for, gazing on, gazing to, reaching for that blessed hope that, that is coming in Christ Jesus. You know, fear, fear uh, as a framework, it, you know, that, 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 that sinful fear as a framework is what leads to capitulation. That fear, that sinful fear as a framework of fear of man is what leads to, to honoring Caesar above God. It's what leads to, um, to, to cowering and, and following the government's demand because uh, we're being told to fear this, this, this virus that's going on instead of fearing God. We are his Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself. Do you understand that? Not only are you an adopted child, he is our father. Think about that, especially you parents out there. The love that you have for your children, hopefully, Lord, Lord willing, is, 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 is still filtered through sin. His love is not. He is our father. But then take it a step further. What's God's number one concern? His own glory. And he's purifying for himself a people for his own possession. He's going to take care of you. Heed the promises of God. You know, in closing, I, I did find the Spurgeon quote that I was looking for, and it's not the one I thought, but, but I did find it. It says this. Charles, Is it one about eating pancakes? <laughs> no, uh, but I love pancakes. Uh, the, here, here it is. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, said this, quote, He who fears God has nothing else to fear. We should stand in such awe of the living Lord that all the threats that can be used by the proudest persecutor should have no more effect upon us than the whistling of the wind. Period. Close quote. Mm. So why, why we didn't uh, exhaust the topic, because <laughs> we could probably still keep, you know, keep going. We, we hope uh, this has been a, a blessing to you and, and a benefit to you. Um, and um, so, yeah, brother, you got anything else to add? Uh, if you have fear, uh, first, I would say repent. Secondly, I would say is uh, immediately run to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I will, uh, I will leave us with, um, 
with that passage again from Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will comfort your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I will, I will end with a Spurgeon quote. There are difficulties in everything except in eating pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen and right on. Well, we uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to Matter of Theology, and we will catch you on the next one. Later. Bye.